Hi guys, I'm back again with another episode of this podcast as we take a look at another classic TV episode. Actually, I think I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. I was thinking about this just the other day. I don't remember how it came to my memory. It might have come from a conversation with someone, but I want to take a quick look at those TV shows, and there are quite a few. The TV shows out there where a supporting character became the star of the show. Now, that happened on Dallas. The uh, I was going to say the Jeffersons, but <laughs> not the Jeffersons. Um, Good Times and Charlie's Angels, Family Ties, Family Matters, 227. So I just want to take a quick look at a couple of those TV shows where that was the scenario. Let's start with Happy Days. Now, Happy Days, of course, debuted on ABC in January 1974. It was originally spun off from an episode of Love American Style. And the show was initially originally centered around the character of Richie Cunningham and his family, his experiences, his friends, his life. Personally, I enjoy those early episodes of Happy Days the best. Happy Days is a show I did grow up with, but it's also one of those shows that I, ju- I can't watch it past season two. And it's not because of what happened later, which I'm about to talk about right now, but it's that's a number of reasons. You know, there's some TV shows you loved as a kid. You just find you can't watch anymore as an adult. And Happy Days for me is one of those. But anyway, you have the character of the Fonz, Arthur Fonzarelli, portrayed by Henry Winkler. Originally, the Fonz, I love early Fonz. The Fonz was so cool, he barely even talked. You know, and, and that was just the epitome of cool to me. Even when he had on the Windbreaker, because... Um, there were complaints from some of the affiliates that with the Fonz wearing a leather jacket, he looked like a, a, a thug, a hoodlum, you know, a gangster. So they put him in that windbreaker. However, Gary Marshall went to bat for the leather jacket, stating, well, you know, it makes sense. He's going to ride a motorcycle. He's have a leather jacket on. It just they, the two go hand in hand. So the pressure and the opposition, you know, relented and you saw the Fonz in the leather jacket from then all the way until the show ended in 1984. But the Fonz was so cool to me in the beginning. He said very few words. The words he did say were very few. He didn't talk a whole lot. He just kind of stood there and looked really chill and and just really not tough, but just kind of like I don't really care. I don't really care what you think or what you... He just had this non-caring type of demeanor about himself. And he was just, like I said, just so laid back. And he was just, I mean, I love, love early Fonz. But by the 1975-76 season, uh, all of a sudden, the Fonz became the most popular character on the show. To the point where the network wanted to change the name of Happy Days to Fonzie's Happy Days, which, of course, the cast completely rebelled against that and threatened to quit. So, you know, that idea was dropped very quickly, literally overnight. But it was all about the Fonz. It was all about... And, of course, the Fonz was... I mean, I watched Happy Days until it ended. And I, you know, I I liked the Fonz all the way through. The Fonz was just... I mean, he was a hero to a lot of kids. A lot of girls had crushes on him. A lot of guys wanted to be him. He was just so sort of a leader. He was so authoritative, so unapologetic. 
for who he was. He knew who he was. And he didn't apologize for that. He stood out. He didn't fit with all the others. He didn't fit with Richie and Malph and Potsy or anybody else really on the show. He stood out. But everyone respected him. And I find that, you know, very admirable, the way that they wrote him to be that way. But Henry Winkler was, you know, the, the, he was definitely the star of the show. Even in the opening credits, he was placed right behind Ron Howard. And at the time, no one paid any attention. I know I didn't. It was, you know, like, hey, okay, yeah, the Fonz. You know, you got to see the Fonz vulnerable on occasion. You got to see the the Fonz, you know, and Richie was in the car, when the motorcycle accident, you saw the Fonz pray. You saw the Fonz, you know, um, just my favorite episode, uh, one of my favorite episodes. This was, of course, after, you know, the Fonz began to slowly become the most popular character was the episode where the Fonz had to sing in front of everybody at Arnold's. And you had Laverne and Shirley, they guest starred and they were like his background singers. And I love that episode. I can't think of the title of it, but it's one of my favorites. So yeah, the, the Fonz ended up, you know, he graduated from high school and he became becoming a teacher as a matter of fact later on down the road. And he moved uh, into the Cunningham's back house at the little back house uh and he moved in there and he became a part of the family he, he was you know like um like a relative to the cunninghams to the point where the writers wrote out the older brother chuck cunningham and which i've never agreed with that because i get the Fonz having his place with the cunningham family but to just completely write out that the older son i thought that was a bad idea but they were the idea that, well, okay, Fonz, the Fonz is like Richie's brother, so Chuck is now obsolete. So Chuck disappears, you never see him again. People still talk about that. And it's known as the Chuck Cunningham syndrome, because it's happened in other TV shows as well. Which is, that's another uh, good idea for another podcast down the road. But yeah, so it was all about Henry Winkler and the Fonz, of course, you know, like I said, there are more storylines about the Fonz. Richie was definitely pushed more into the background. He's more of a sidekick to the Fonz. The ratings, of course, exploded. Happy Days became the number one show in the country in the 1976-77 season. That was one of the reasons why ABC ended up becoming the number one network on television for the very first time. Happy Days, along with other programming, like, you know, you had Starsky and Hodge, The Bionic Woman, you had The Six Million Dollar Man, Lifford and Shirley. So all those shows together, Welcome Back, Cotter, that, that pushed it to the top of the ratings. But yeah, uh, they were letting Henry Winkler direct episodes behind the scenes. And, you know, um, it has come out just recently, just about a weeks ago, Ron Howard recently wrote a book along with his brother, Clint. And he said in the book that, you know, he began to really receive a lot of disrespectful treatment from the producers. Uh, well, I don't think it was the producers. I think it was more of the network. They began to really kind of look down on him and not give him any much respect because, hey, what's all about the Fonz now? Richie's just, you know, he's really the Fonz is, like I said, little buddy. It's one of those kind of things. So you kind of probably could tell the writing was on the wall. I know I did. I kind of saw Ron Howard possibly leaving Happy Days, which he did in 1980. He and Donnie Most, who portrayed Ralph Mouth, left Happy Days after the 1979-1980 season. Now, um, of course, Ron wanted to get off into directing, and he, of course, has enormously excelled at that. Uh, Donnie Most, I think, um, he has said that he just wanted to move on from the show. But how much of that uh, 
is from, yeah, they wanted to move on and do other things. How much was that the case to how much were they tired of being in the fondest shadow? Well, that's something that kind of, you know, makes us all think and wonder. I know I'm pretty sure that the whole blob of the Fonz had to definitely have been a factor because no one else was really getting that much attention. Everyone else was kind of like a side character, everybody. You know, the Fonz was, he was the main one. Yeah, he and, and Richie had a great friendship, but still the Fonz was the primary character. And so the network figure, well, he's the one everyone's tuning in to see. He's the one that caused the ratings to blow up and explode. He's the, the, he's the star of the show. And, you know, I mean... Hey, it was what it was after uh, Ron Howard left. They brought in the Cunningham's cousin, Roger, portrayed by Ted McGinley. He stayed on the show until it ended. Because, you know, the Fonz did need that other kind of square, nerdy guy to kind of, you know, go back and forth with. So Roger replaced Richie in that regard. And I mean, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with Roger. I thought he was, you know, kind of like a glass of milk. But I didn't dislike him. So anyway, the show, like I said, did end in 1984 after uh, a 10-year run. Uh, But uh, yeah, and another uh, TV show where this happened, like I said, was Family Matters, which made its debut also on ABC in the fall of 1989. Now, the show was initially about the Winslow family. Carl, Harriet, their three kids, Carl's mother, Mother Winslow, Harriet's sister, Rachel, and her little boy, Richie. So that was what the show was about. I liked Family Matters in the beginning. But the ratings, some people say the ratings were like really bad and they were going to be canceled. I don't think that that's true. I think that's an exaggeration. But I do know that when they did bring Steve Urkel, Urkel was supposed to be, I believe, a one-time character appear in only one episode. But he took off with viewers and, of course, he joined the show and he blew up and, you know, he became the star of the show. And there was resentment behind the scenes. Jaleel White, who portrayed Urkel, has said he didn't feel very welcome when he joined the cast of Family Matters. There was a lot of pressure on him in in uh, during that time, which, I mean, that's the thing when you've got two seasoned adult actors, like you did on Family Matters, and you got a kid who is star of the show. I'm sure that's kind of difficult. You know, I heard that was a problem on Family Ties uh, with Meredith Baxter Burney in particular. Now, I'm not sure about Stephen Gross who portrayed Stephen Keaton, but Meredith Baxter Burney who portrayed Elise definitely had problems with Michael J. Fox basically being the star of the show and taking over and everyone else was again pushed into the background. She threatened to leave at least on one occasion. And she had been in, you know, she had been in episodic television before she was in Bridget Mary's Bernie. She was in Family, which is a TV show I still am very, very fond of. And so she had a lot of experience in the business and for her to be pushed aside due to, you know, um, one of the kids on the show was insulting to her. And the same thing happened over on Family Matters. There was definitely some resentment, particularly my problem with the whole Urkel thing. I didn't have a problem with Steve Urkel. My problem with Urkel and Family Matters is when they began to spin off these other Urkel characters like Myrtle and Stefan. I just didn't see the point of that. I I was just kind of like, y'all have really overdone it with the whole Urkel character at this point you've cheapened the character in my opinion so anyway uh Merle makes her first appearance and of course Jaleel White had to dress up you know as as a girl he had put on this yellow dress I believe it was and I know that the adults in particular uh, Reginald Bell Johnson who portrayed Carl and Jill Marie Payton who portrayed Harriet they really had a fit about that 
because they're like, you know, you're demeaning black men. You know, I mean, black men are supposed to not be walking around always in, in women's clothing, you know, and they made a big deal out of it. And he had a total breakdown on set and his dad got involved and his dad really blew up and said, you know, if you don't leave my son alone, you know, he's going to leave the show, which I get that. I get him defending his son. After all, he didn't write the script. He was just doing what he was told, playing the character of Myrtle. And for these adults to come after this kid was ridiculous. So I would have blown up like like his dad did. So anyway, you know, Myrtle was supposed to give me a one-time appearance, but she ended up staying around for a while. And then you had Stefan, and it was it was just too much. And then you had Jo Marie Payton, who portrayed Harriet. She left the show. Now, she said that she wanted to, like with Ron Howard, she wanted to move on and do other things. But you also kind of wonder, is it because Urkel became the star of the show because when you have someone when that happens i mean everyone else is pushed to the background i mean the networks don't care the entertainment business is cutthroat it is brutal and i'm sure it still is so they don't care about people they care about money they care about ratings they care about numbers so yeah sure they didn't care that the other characters were pushed to the background it did it made them no difference that judy winslow who was the youngest winslow child pulled a chuck cunningham and disappeared they didn't care about that of course people still you know what happened judy winslow all of a sudden she just oh we've got two kids now laura and eddie and so now you've got three and so i stopped watching family matters somewhere in the 90s i don't remember what year i stopped but it was just a little bit. I think I stopped after Judy disappeared. I think that was what did it for me. Because Urkel was so overexposed. It was just, like I said, it was, it was downright comical. It wasn't even realistic anymore with the whole, like I said, thing with Stefan and Myrtle. And then you go so far as to take a Winslow child off of the show. And I just, I'm like, I just, I, I just, I'm done with this show. I just, I can't watch this show anymore. I've seen those episodes in reruns. And of course, I, I, I have said to myself, well, I can understand why I stopped watching because it's just, it's, it's, it's really not good. You know, if you're going to leave Steve Urkel, leave it at Urkel. Don't bring in all these other characters, all these other variations on the Steve Urkel character. And that's what they did. And like I said, they, they cheapened the show, in my opinion, and they cheapened the character of Steve Urkel. Of course, um, Joe Marie Payton left. She left in the last season of the show. I think there were nine episodes left. And so Judy and Elder who played Gina's mom on Martin, replaced her for those episodes. And she did a good job, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, we've been seeing, you know, the original Harriet all this time. It's hard to make an adjustment. It's hard to adjust to a cast change. Like, especially when it's done so late in the show. I mean, on Family, they um, had another actress portraying the elder sister, Nancy in the first season and in the pilot. But in the second season, they brought in Meredith Baxter Burney because Fred Silverman, who was ABC's president, wanted a blonde. He wanted the California blonde sister on the show. She'd be the eldest. And he thought that that would just be good for appearances and the ratings, which I guess so. But she, she did fine. She, you know, Nancy was not the most likable character and Meredith did a great job of portraying her. But uh, when you're replacing a character in the last season, it's hard to adjust. And um, Darius, Darius McCrary, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, who portrayed Eddie, admitted that, you know, he had respect for Judy Ann, but he said he felt like his mom was gone with the absence of Joe Marie Payton. And I can understand that. You've worked with her for all that time and all of a sudden she's out and you've got someone else that you're calling mom. It's, I'm sure it's difficult. 
So anyway, uh, also, I think what hurt Family Matters too was they moved from ABC to CBS. I don't think CBS was as, was as invested in it as ABC had been. So, and plus it was, honestly, the writing was on the wall, to be honest, you know. So many changes that happened, happened by that point. So it ended in 1997. Now, another TV show I want to look at right quick, and we could go on this for hours, but I'm going to just break it up into a couple of different podcast episodes because we could go on about this, like I said, for a while. Another uh, TV show where this happened was 227 over on NBC. 227 debuted in September 1985 and ran until 1990, May of 1990. Well, the show, of course, was to focus on the Jenkins family, primarily Mary Jenkins, portrayed by Marla Gibbs. You had her husband, Lester, her daughter, Brenda, portrayed by Regina King. Her husband, Lester, was portrayed by Hal Williams. And you had the other neighbors that she was close to. Her best friend was Rose, portrayed by Elena Reed. You had the nosy Pearl, portrayed by Helen Martin. And then you had Rose's daughter, Tiffany. And that's another story I'm going to get to in just a second. Yet Calvin, who was um, Pearl's grandson. And then you had Sandra Clark portrayed by Jack A., or as she was known in the beginning, Jack A. Harry. Now, Sandra and Mary in the beginning were enemies. They didn't like each other. They had a very hostile relationship. But somewhere along the way, Sandra became the breakout star of that show. You know, with her, and you know, she was a lot like Mae West, really. And, you know, she was kind of hard to keep your eyes off of. Sandra was funny. She was sneaky, conniving. But she you know, was a good person. You you got to see the fact later on that she was a good person, that she did have a heart of gold, but you didn't see that in the beginning. She was very, very self-serving, very, uh, selfish. And she basically was focused on herself a lot. And she had countless boyfriends in and out of her life. So, you know, and of course she wore these super tight dresses. She had that little wiggly walk and the way that, you know, she would talk, you know, Mary, you know, and so I, you know, I can understand why Sandra would become, you know, push the forefront the way that she did. But that, again, didn't necessarily push everyone else to the back. It just made it. You had to have Mary and Sandra become friends. They couldn't be enemies the way they had been in the beginning with Jack A being the star of the show. They had to be, they had to, I mean, they still had, like I said, their, their dig, digs at each other, jabs at each other. But they also were in schemes together, too. Like the episode where um, Lester's Mail Club was having a special dinner for him. He won an award and the wives were not invited. So Mary and Sandra dressed up as guys and snuck in. One of my favorite episodes. But you had to change the dynamic with Sandra becoming the breakout star and the most popular character. You had to change that. Of course, they were still at Oz, like the Family Feud episode where they all went out to California and they were on Family Feud. You had Sandra's team and you had Mary's team. Another great episode. Uh, another favorite of mine. But, you know, so there was still, you know, issues with the two of them, but they also were, you know, kind of friends. Actually, you started seeing Mary with Sandra more than Mary was with Rose. Now, Rose was her best friend initially, and they were the ones who were always together in the beginning. But then all of a sudden you started seeing it be Mary and Sandra. And Rose, of course, was, you know, the third wheel. But of course, Sandra Clark became the breakout star. Jack Hay was, she, she dropped the last name Harry and was just Jack Hay. She won an Emmy for her portrayal in 227, which uh, I found out that when she went back to the set after she won her Emmy, no one 
no one on the set congratulated her, which I'm like, wow. But of course, Jack A has also admitted in recent years that she became really conceited. She became really arrogant, you know, the fame and the popularity, the Emmy, it all went to her head, you know, which I'm not surprised. I don't think it went to Jolia White's head. But for one thing, he was just, well, kids, fame can go to kids' heads too, because they were, Gary Coleman on different strokes was not very fun to deal with. But again, that's for another episode. But I don't think the fame went to his head. Uh, it did go to Henry Winkler's head because I did hear at times he was difficult to work with, difficult to deal with. Marianne Ross said that publicly, that there were times you said she said that she loved Henry, but there were those times when she'd tell him, look, I don't like how you're acting right now. Why are you acting this way? Stop acting like this. And uh, honestly, it's difficult, I'm sure, to be in the limelight and you have all of this fame and money and success and interviews and, and just all of this coming at you. It's hard not to get a swelled head. So, I'm not saying that it's right to get a swelled head, but I understand why it happens. So, she ended up, like I said, just, you know, getting a swelled head. Uh, but, of course, you know, Sandra was, you know, she was the one. She'd walk, it got to the point where she would walk into a scene and the audience would applaud. And Marla Gibbs, you know, resented that. Because this was, this, this was supposed to be her show. And Jack Gay had basically come in and hijacked it. So there were issues between the two of them behind the scenes. Uh, I think to the point, as a matter of fact, well, first of all, let's get back to Tiffany, Rose's daughter. Once again, just like with Happy Days and Family Matters, Tiffany disappeared. Pulled another Chuck Cunningham. All of a sudden, Rose doesn't have any kids. Rose got married before the sh- remarried before the show was over. There was no Tiffany. Brenda and Tiffany were best friends. No Tiffany. So she too just, just written out, disappeared. I guess because, you know, the focus had changed. The, 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 I guess like, you know, what happened with Happy Days. Fonz was literally, you know, Richie's brother. And so you didn't need Chuck. Well, they didn't need Judy on uh, Family Matters. They didn't need Tiffany on 227. But it's still a tacky, unrealistic way to go about, you know, writing a show, though, just to a character disappears like that. That's just, again, I, that's something that I have never been okay with. But anyway, I think that the tensions between Marla Gibbs and Jack Hay became so intense that Jack Hay actually left 227 in the last season to go and star in a spinoff. I don't recall the name of the spinoff, what it was going to be. That episode, if you watch 227, it's there where she moved to New York because 227 was based in Washington, D.C. Well, Sandra moved from D.C. and 227 and went to New York. And she got a job as working at a uh, fitness center. The network did not buy the, um, didn't buy the series. You know, you saw that one episode on 227, but the network didn't want to go further with it. And she was not going to go back to 227. She didn't want to do that. And so she made a couple of, other appearances on 227, but then you just didn't see Sandra anymore, which was unrealistic because he saw Rose get married again. Uh, Elena Reed married her real life husband, Kevin Peter Hall, on the show. Ro- uh, Sandra was not there, which was not realistic because Sandra and Rose were always good friends. Even when Mary and Sandra were bickering, well, Rose and Sandra always got along. And then in the last episode, Brenda, or toward the last episode, I think it was like the next to the last episode, Brenda graduates from high school. Again, no Sandra. Unrealistic. 
she definitely would have been there for Brenda's graduation. Yeah, she was living in New York, but come on, New York and DC, not that difficult to commute between, especially for a special occasion such as that. So they brought in all these other characters to try to fill the void of Sandra's absence. He had Eva. I never liked Eva. Um, I cannot, her, her name of Tukey Smith portrayed her, if I'm not mistaken. Then you had uh, Dylan McMillan. He was introduced to the show before Sandra left. He was Brenda and Calvin's history teacher. But then Dylan moved into the building and he got a roommate. The roommate's name was Travis, who was portrayed by Stoney Jackson in relation to the Jackson Jacksons. And then all of a sudden Rose, who was landlord of the building, sold the building and they got a new landlord played by Paul Winfield, Julian C. Barlow. I almost forgot his name. <laughs> and so it just was not the same dynamic. It was not. these. They have four other characters they thought were going to come in there and be able to make up for the absence of Sandra. It did not work. Sandra was still very much missed. She was still very much needed. So uh, 227, of course, ended in May of 1990. But of course, as I was saying, these are only three shows. I also touched off on Family Ties, which we'll get into more later. But I mean, you've got so many shows where this happened. And we're going to get to each of those shows in different episodes. But I think three shows is enough for this particular episode. But um, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And until our next podcast and we get off into some of these other TV shows where this also happened and the behind the scenes fallout that followed. And there was always behind the scenes fallout that followed. That was just kind of imminent wasn't as though everyone else on the show was happy-go-lucky because, oh, well, you know, they're the big star now and we've all been pushed aside. We don't matter anymore. There was always fallout. Sometimes the fallout was really bad, like on Good Times, with JJ being the breakout star. Sometimes it was a little bit more subdued, like on Charlie's Angels when Farrah Fawcett was the breakout star. But there was still behind-the-scenes tensions and drama whenever this happened. So we'll get into another set of those TV shows next time, and I will see you then.